Hi, welcome to Adulthood Pending Podcast. I'm Brittany. I'm Annalise. And I'm Kimmy. We are a podcast for college students, recent graduates, or anyone else who is also figuring out that being an adult isn't as simple as it's made out to be. Join us each episode as we share how we're navigating our careers, post-grad lives, and the whole adulting experience. When we first started this podcast and we're telling friends about our topic of the podcast, adulting, a lot of people assumed that we would immediately be talking about things like money and finances. And we didn't actually talk about any of those things until episode 12 with Brenda, where we discussed credit. So in this episode, we're taking a deeper dive into what we've learned since graduating and how we've been managing money and how our perception of money has changed over time. So our fun question for today is what was your most recent splurge purchase? So at my job, I've been working as a barista for the last few months, and it's a lot of bending over and hand work. So, um, my, back, so my back has just been hurting literally every single day for like the last three months. And so, yeah, my back every day just hurts all the time. And so my recent splurge was I got a massage for myself and Mm. it was actually really helpful because she was very knowledgeable. So I felt like she gave me tips that have helped my back since then. So yeah, definitely worth the money. Wait, so she gave you a back massage, not a hand massage? (laughs) She gave me a full body massage. Oh, full body massage. Okay. Uh Um, Mm. my recent splurge, this one, I'm, I'm calling this a splurge because it, it costs a lot, but it was like a walking treadmill that I got and I wish I had bought it like earlier mm. in the pandemic because I literally got it like a month ago, which is like pretty <laughs> late, but it's so great because like I just walk on it and I just watch TV and it's like one of the cheaper ones where mm. it's just like the desk. So I don't have a standing desk either, but I just mm-hmm. got the treadmill, but I have it like placed in front of like one of our TVs like in the basement. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I just walk on it. Oh. And I watch TV. And like in the next, like I'll watch like Great British Bake Off. And then the next thing you know, it's like a full episode's gone and I'm still walking and I'm just not thinking about it. Because I'm just so engaged in the show. But at the same time, I'm walking. So that's can you good. put it on the incline? No, you can't. So that's oh, probably why it wasn't like one of those really expensive treadmills. It's just like a flat uh-huh. treadmill. And then I think the fastest it goes is like six miles per hour. Oh. So you can't like do mm. a sprint on it or anything. That's good. Um, mine is similar to Brit. I, like two days ago, bought a massage gun and it came yesterday. Yeah, it was on sale. I did use it yesterday. I tried out all the different, um, it has like different heads and I literally tried all of them and it says like what part of the body you're supposed to use it on. So it was just like, you know, doing good everywhere. So it was good. Helpful. Nice. Wow, look at all three of us taking care of our bodies. I know. (laughs) Yeah, all health related. (laughs) What? (laughs) So to kick off this episode, I guess the first question is, how has your perception of money changed over time? Like when you're a kid versus a student in college and then, you know, post-grad and now like the three of us spent some time living at home post-grad as well. So like how has your perception changed throughout these different stages in your life? Yeah, for me when I was, I mean, obviously I feel like when you're a kid, you think about money less than you do as an adult. But I was like aware of it pretty early on. I don't remember quite what age, 
but definitely like before high school, um, I set up a bank account with my dad, like Uh-oh. went to the bank and set it up. So I think from that point on, I had been like very aware of money and would get the statement every month to see how much I had in the bank. And it was always like a little fun competition between me and my brothers. Because oh. I, I started working <laughs> before any of them. Oh, oh, that's right. Including my older brother. So I had more money than him. And that was nice to have. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, would you just look at each other's bank statements? I mean, it was just kind of like, eh, whatever. Because like, we would get the mail and then look at it. And then like compare. <laughs> I and, just picture like Kitty's <laughs> whole family sitting down. Like game night. But instead of game night, you just compare bill statements. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine like Kimmy making this like diorama on her wall. Yeah, where it's like like the levels of whose level of oh my like, god, how much money have an account, and then Kimmy's like at the top, and it's her photo. <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was literally just opening the mail and being like, "Oh, how much do you have? How much do you have?" Oh my gosh, that sounds so old. Since people like look at their phones now. <laughs> oh, I know. Online yeah. <laughs> like when you open up the mail. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, now, I mean, and then in college, I feel like the perception of money also was kind of skewed because most people take out a loan, whether that's like on yourself or through your parents. And Mm -hmm. most of the things that at least I did in college were already paid for in a sense. So just like doing things on campus, Mm -hmm. going to the dining hall. So we didn't really spend that much money, at least me and my friends. Um, but then post-grad, it's kind of crazy because you're like entered into a world where if you have a salary job, it's the first time when you're making like real money and then you have to make real <laughs> decisions that will impact the rest of your life. Um, so I feel like it's like, oh. I mean, it's true. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. a really steep, like it's not really, there's no ramp up period. It's just like zero true. to 100, you know? True. Yeah. So that's my perception. Yeah. I feel like for me, money's always just been kind of a stressful thing for me. Um when I was younger at one point or another, both my par- at, at least one of my parents didn't have a job, so I feel like I was always really conscious about money and like not wanting to spend it. <laughs> and then I go to college and like get a, you know, 10 hour work study job and then I'm like oh yeah look at all this money I got (laughs) (laughs) and so um yeah I feel like I'm definitely privileged in the sense of like oh I I think I could I always knew I had somewhat of a backup plan like I always had my parents to support me Mm -hmm. um but I definitely go in phases where I'll like spend a lot and then but then I'll be like oh wait no I gotta save a lot and so like save a lot but then I'll be like oh wait I save so much I should treat myself so I feel like I just don't have a very consistent <laughs> relationship with money in general um especially now that I'm about to go back to school and so I'm kind of mm. like oh I'm gonna be a student so maybe that's also something that shaped my perception is like I never thought I'd have a real um I wouldn't be making a substantial salary until later in my life so Mm -hmm. I was always kind of like oh might as well just kind of save what I can and spend what I can and have fun because um I'll be paying off a lot of stuff later on in my life which I know is not the smartest but that's just kind of (laughs) how I YOLO (laughs) yeah you gotta enjoy life while you got it right yeah (laughs) I do agree though like 
before I had this job, like it was very hard to be consistent with spending things, mm-hmm. especially being in school or like living at home right now. It's like mm-hmm. if you aren't necessarily contributing to household expenses, then it's like mm-hmm. you just spend stuff on what you want, which yeah, is inconsistent. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like when it's when, especially now that I'm living apart from my parents. Um, it's a, I'm a little better at it than God, but <laughs> when I was at home and had my job and all my money was pretty much like went to whatever I wanted to because I didn't pay for rent really. Um, I was super inconsistent. It's hard to see things long-term when it's like, oh, this is like the one year where mm-hmm. I'm going to have a salary to myself. Might mm-hmm. as well do what I want with it kind of thing. Yeah. You know, def- I was definitely privileged, like growing up, to know that like, my family could support me financially. Mm. Um, and then I think so. I didn't have a bank account until I entered college, but I think that was a lot of that was because of like growing up overseas and mm-hmm. then coming to the states and opening up my first bank account. And then at that point, it was like in college, so a lot of that was like my own finances and like trying to deal with that. But again, like both of you mentioned, like when you're in college. Or at least like in our situations, our parents were able to support us to a certain degree. So it wasn't like we were essentially worried about like money for dining halls because that was already mm-hmm. paid for beforehand. Um, so I think like the part where I was when I started to think more consciously about like my personal finance was when I got my internship that one summer that I was in New York because New York's expensive. So it was like mm-hmm. trying to figure out like how to balance all that. Um, mm-hmm. And I was getting paid, I think, like minimum wage at the time because it was just an internship. So from there and then, um, then another, like a lot of it was like when I started working and making like more money than just, I guess, what this college would pay you for a non-campus job and like Mm -hmm. trying to be more aware of like budgeting. Like a lot of the, I think I spent like a good chunk of time trying to figure out like the proper budget, especially after college. I use, um, Intuit's app Mint. Mm-hmm. And I, well, so, okay, so for a while I was doing things like manually, like in a spreadsheet and would enter mm-hmm. in all of my spendings. And that made me like extremely aware of like where I was putting my money. But then mm-hmm. I, I got kind of tired of doing it because I would have to do it a lot. Uh-huh. Um, so then I switched over to using. Spend so much. Nope. Yeah. And then because I was going to switch over to using Mint because it's automatic. So it was nice because yeah. it would like text you when you're reaching your budget. But a lot of yeah. it is like you're still, when you re, when you graduate from college, you're still trying to figure out what you're spending money on exactly mm-hmm. and like how often you're going out to see friends and how often you're going out to eat, eat at restaurants so a lot of it was like trying every month I would change my budget a little bit to like mm-hmm. map out you know exactly how much I was spending but I don't think mm-hmm. I think like after college is when I became a lot more aware of my personal finances mm-hmm. and budgeting mainly budgeting was a big thing mm-hmm. That's good. Um, And then Annalise, you touched a little bit about like being overseas and not really dealing with like money there. Um, So I'd be curious to learn about like how your upbringing and you as well, Britt, you said there is a moment when both or one of your parents wasn't working. So like how did your family shape the way that you perceive money? Um, I don't think we didn't really talk a lot about money I think my parents were more focused on like making sure that we my sister and I weren't really necessarily worried about finances like I think there was a period of time where my dad was also unemployed for a little bit and we were just talking about that recently and that was a very very stressful Mm -hmm. time in his life and with him and 
um, my mom because he was unemployed, but my sister and I were both at like international schools, which cost a lot of money because they're basically private schools. Mm -hmm. So he was extremely Mm -hmm. stressed because he didn't have any money at all. And he was worried that we wouldn't be able to continue at at those schools. But Mm -hmm. fortunately, he did find a job and was able to like continue to um, send us to that school. But that's something that like I didn't really know because I think my parents were just so good at like shielding that from us. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting now is that I think we've talked a lot more about finances and I think maybe part of that is just like growing older and being having more knowledge in this area and like having to take care of your own finances. And my parents are like now they talk about it a lot with me. And mm-hmm. especially with me and my sister, we have very different lifestyles. Like I'm working, but she's still in school. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting to just like have that contrast and having like my parents call my sister and be like, do you have enough money? Like, are you okay? Because she doesn't have an income. So for mm-hmm. her, a lot of it is like just because she's still in school. Whereas like yeah. for me, they don't, they don't really ask that <laughs> because they know <laughs> that I have a job and I'm being paid. So that's like, it's just a very different and interesting relationship, I think, in my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I feel like, my parents, um, I mean, rightfully so, but they, when, um, I remember my dad lost his job, like, beginning of high school, and then my mom lost her job, like, towards the end of high school, but then, mm-hmm. luckily, one of them had a job at one point, but I remember they had told me and my sister, oh, you know, he's not working, she's not working, you should, we should try to maybe cut back, not mm-hmm. go out to dinner so much, or mm-hmm ask for so many things so for like growing up I never really asked for a lot of things like expense or I tried not to at least ask for a lot of expensive things or um ask for money too often because I didn't have a job so our parents in high school would be the one that gave us money that we would spend when we like went out with our friends and stuff Mm -hmm. and so I was always super conscious about that which I think may have like slightly contributed to the reason why when I did get a job and did have money that I could call my own I wasn't like asking for my parents for money and stuff um I was kind of like oh I'm just gonna do what I want because I have all this freedom with it but Mm -hmm. um yeah I think it definitely I feel like I'm being really confusing about it because at this as much as I made me really self-conscious about like what I spent and how much I wanted and things that I actually needed at the same time it really like when I do have money to myself, I'm kind of like, oh, I think I should have the liberty to choose what I spend it on, like no matter how frivolous it might seem to other people. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that's kind of how it was for me growing up. But how is it for you, Kimmy? Yeah, um, I think so. My dad works and worked before in an industry that is like very money related. So Mm -hmm. I feel like those conversations we just had growing up and like have now all the time because it's like the field that he's in. Um, Mm -hmm. But similar to both of you, like there definitely was a time during the 2008 recession when things were rocky for a lot of families and it was also rocky for mine. Um, But I, like Annalise, had no idea that that had even happened. Mm -hmm. Like neither of them had lost their jobs or anything like that. Um, but like later on, my mom was telling me like, yeah, like that was actually a difficult time. Like X, Y, and Z could have happened to her family. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. Um, Mm. so I feel like, you know, we definitely have like talked about money as a family, but probably growing up when it came to like very adult conversations like that, they didn't tell us about that probably for the better. Um, Mm. but they just probably like did things to cut costs on their own that I was unaware of, you know? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I honestly can't imagine being a parent and like trying to figure all that out right now. I mean, obviously, like we're young, but just like <laughs> that's just so foreign to me. That whole idea of like taking care of your whole household and like trying mm-hmm. to decide all these in- like big finance dis- financial decisions. Like I'm barely managing my own finances right now. As is, <laughs> I know I'm me just too. one person. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I think that's like a part of the reason why, like. So much of my habits did change when I started making my own money because a lot of it was I saw what was coming in and what was going out. So Mm -hmm. I think like after graduating and, you know, being paid a salary job, I think I'm like even more conscious of my spendings than before. And so a lot of it is like I I actually okay I will I don't buy as much stuff as I did before, which is maybe surprising to the people who do know me. (laughs) But a lot of it was just because like. I think it's just because like I just don't know what's going to happen in the future and I think like I'm yeah. so young that a lot of me right now is like I want to save as much money as I possibly can and put as much money of that into like my retirement fund or my mm-hmm. um health, I don't know health insurance like a lot of what I'm doing I think I'm focused more now on my future and how and my finances that like thinking long term essentially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's so true yeah uh, I was gonna say like after my year of um my other job where I was living at home and I spent my, well, I did save money for like, cause I knew I had expenses for med school and stuff I wanted to save up for. Mm-hmm. But then for the most part, I never really tracked what I spent things on. And mm-hmm. so I would just buy what I wanted. But, um, since then I've definitely, um, like I probably saved more money here, like living outside my parents' house. And like, even though I have more expenses to pay just because I'm so, yeah, surprisingly, just because I think like, yeah, having a year of working and like not having that much savings to show for it, I was kind of like, oh wait, this needs to change. I want to (laughs) have a safety net in case something Mm -hmm. does happen, especially like with the pandemic Mm -hmm. and stuff. So I think that's interesting how you've done that too, Annalise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were saying something earlier, Annalise, like now you've been thinking more long term when you think about money, Mm -hmm. which I think is really interesting because as I mentioned in every episode, I was watching a TikTok and the TikToker (laughs) was like a finance TikToker and he was like, there's a difference between like a wealth mindset and like a get rich mindset and he's like a lot of people that come from like wealthier backgrounds, they teach their kids to like invest early and save early and do all these things to prepare you for the future where like, you know, like average people, like how I was raised, it's just like, oh, you know, you should make money, get a really good job. Um, Hmm. So I feel like there's definitely a difference in like privilege and class and how people are taught to think about money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will. I, I I do agree, but I think a lot of it also is just like knowledge. Like I, yeah. I think like if your parents, like even if your parents didn't have a lot of money or like your family didn't have a lot of money, if like something happened and then suddenly your family knows about investing, they may still mm-hmm. install that information on their kids. Like, hey, this happened in our family and like we want you to have a better life. So, you know, things that we've learned and we things that we wish we did were like invest, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. So I think I, like I can see that relationship, but I don't think that that's also the sole reason or like the sole thing that differentiates between class and yeah you know what be it mm-hmm. that's true I just wish I was like man because like I just put my money into a normal savings account when I was younger I was like oh my gosh if mm-hmm. I put that into like a Roth or something that would build over time 
like I could have had so much more money today, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why I just like don't think about money that often is, um, I mean, I've kind of mentioned it before in the episode about credit is I see a lot of like my friends are really like financially literate and just have a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. about what it takes to make money and like save money and I don't know, just like tricks to the trade, I guess. And then mm-hmm. I just never had that. and I never understood it at all when they would like talk about it and so I was just like turned off from the idea of that at all and like looking into investing or um high yield Mm -hmm. savings accounts and I don't even know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying right now but like (laughs) I think that's (laughs) I think that's like just really interesting how um just knowing I didn't have knowledge about money really just turned me off from the idea of even trying to learn just because I'm just like this is too overwhelming this is too much information Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I felt like I never wanted to ask someone even though my friends are my friends I never wanted to like ask them to explain it to me so just because it's Mm -hmm. like a subject like I feel like not really meet people many people talk about yeah no I I completely agree like I get extremely overwhelmed when people talk finances to me especially investing because I have I like still to this day don't really all I know is you put money somewhere and then depending on what you invest in it either grows or drops that's my (laughs) the extent of my knowledge and then at some point you sell or you keep it something like that like literally Mm -hmm. no knowledge so whenever someone tells me like oh you should invest in this blah 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 like I get extremely overwhelmed because I'm like ah how (laughs) when (laughs) why (laughs) like I know like I feel like I would just regret like have so many regrets like what what if I didn't put what if I put it into a different stock yeah what if if I bought it at the wrong time Mm -hmm. it just seems what if it never grows yeah we should we should title this how to invest and just make the episode that little clip of Annalise explaining (laughs) investing in her own words (laughs) investing 101 you're welcome um, either you my buy mom, or you sell or you keep or i don't know i don't know <laughs> yeah my mom really wanted me to take like an econ class i think because like she doesn't have a lot of knowledge or she's not really financially literate so i think she wanted me to be financially literate mm-hmm. but i never did and oh. she likes to bring it up well econ like necessarily teach the like life that's the thing working. exactly like i feel like a lot of classes in college in order to get to to take those classes where it's about like life skills and and all these other things you have to take all the intro econ classes too Mm -hmm. that i don't have interest (laughs) in so that's kind of i mean i feel like at this point the best other alternative is just like talks and stuff but those talks and books i guess yeah but it's not very you know it's not you won't be very digestible yeah yeah I don't know. Kimmy, you're, I feel like. Kimmy's the most. I'll say it. Yeah, I'll I, say it. I think you're the most financially literate out of all three of us. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll admit it. Maybe. I don't, I mean, I'm just thinking of like how I, you know, acquired my knowledge. And yes, in school, mm-hmm. I did take like, I basically was an econ major. I didn't have all the requirements, but I took like enough econ classes to take um, one of the finance classes. But it was more mm-hmm. based on like stocks and like the market than it was done retirement or like budgeting or anything like that. But that definitely gave me like a good concept of how kind of the market works and like why things, why stocks are priced the sure. way they are. Um, sure. But since then, this past year, 
I've become like really invested in personal finance and things like that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like I follow a lot of different like personal finance TikTokers and also follow people on Instagram, which I feel like helps just break up my feed. And then Her Capital, um, which is an organization that was founded by two, I believe, two Stanford students or one of them went to Stanford, one of them went to somewhere else um, a few years ago. It's like an organization about empowering women just to learn more about finances. They had a couple webinars mm-hmm. in partnership with different like banks and organizations. So I attended some of those to just learn more. So mm-hmm. that's how I've um, acquired my <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> and my brother's very knowledgeable yeah. and we speak a lot about mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my, um, sorry, just thinking of all my different things. And my boyfriend's mom is a financial advisor. Oh. So cool. I've been like doing things with her through her company. And since she's an advisor, she has knowledge and then passes mm-hmm. that on to her kid, my partner, mm-hmm. my boyfriend. So I can also talk to him about things to just l- learn more, or, like flesh out any things that I'm unsure about. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But that's the thing though, is that like, I know these conversations are like great to have because they like help you learn more. But then again, like going back to what Brittany and I were saying, I get overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, what do I do? Yeah. Cry. I just kidding. feel like for me, Google, what is a stock <laughs> in the corner? Singular <laughs> stock. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. whenever I have these conversations, because I get why it's so overwhelming because there's so many different topics to cover. But when I have the conversations, I normally just like ask one question and then it leads to more questions. Mm. So I don't know Mm. if that helps, but like, yeah, that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If there was like, like a half credit semester, half semester course on like financial literacy that they could uh, have in college, I would take it. Yeah. Going back on it. (laughs) Because I think it is interesting how like, Kimmy, you're saying so many outside things and your own motivation to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like, Annalise, you're like, oh, I wish I took an econ class. But then you're not necessarily learning like applicable life right. t- mm-hmm. things. So I don't know. I think that's just like interesting how uh, a lot of financial literacy is just like access to knowledge and your own motivation to learn yeah. these things because they aren't super accessible. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, it's like I th- I wish there was like a there's probably like I don't know what finance for dummies. Remember those books where it was like mm-hmm. a yeah. topic for dummies? <laughs> there's probably yeah. one for like personal finance. Yeah. But then you would need that motivation to like read it and learn it and then figure things yeah. out. And then and then do apply. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I remember they had a talk um at school through our like career center. Yeah. And my sister said she was going and I think the title of it was literally like, oh, learning financial literacy. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, my sister's just going because she wants to sound cool. She's like, I'm going to this talk on financial literacy. And I was like, I'm not going just to spite that because I don't like how I don't know what that means. (laughs) But yeah, even like the topic of that, I'm like, what is financial advising? I don't know. So, we, yeah, we don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> what we've talk, covered. Yeah, basically, this whole episode, if no one's noticed, is we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> the end. I guess, okay, well, I guess a question I have is, like, how 
how have you been dealing with your personal finances? Maybe like in terms of budgeting. For now, we could start off with budgeting something small. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I've been living away from home. And so I pay for pretty much all of my expenses, more or less. And um, I just, I've tried the apps like Mint, but I don't Mm. know. I think that just wasn't for me. And so it just really helps. I'm just putting something, all my spendings on a spreadsheet just so I like mm-hmm. have it laid out what I've spent. But then Annalise, like you said before, I try to I try to set limits for each category. So I have like um like a treat kind of spending budget mm-hmm. and then food, groceries and like essentials. And I feel like it changes so drastically yeah. every yeah. like by hundreds of dollars sometimes like when I'll spend and have a lot left over. But mm-hmm. I don't stress out about that too much as long as like net it's more or less under the budget i'm i'm happy with it yeah i i feel the same especially like with things like personal care like shampoo and conditioner like you don't know when you're gonna run out but suddenly yeah. like, you buy it and then you're like ah crap i didn't budget for that because i didn't know i would run out True. um so yeah like I, I take those budget as kind of like a, an estimate about how much i think i should be spending that month just like based on things and also like holidays and when you're going to be out spending time with like friends, you can't really plan that. Or like if you're going to go on vacation mm-hmm. for some time, that also get, changes your budget a little bit. So a lot of that is like I try to take it month to month. Um, mm. But back when I was living by myself, um, like on my own in Boston and everything, I was definitely checking Mint a lot more than I am now because now I'm at mm. home. So you know, very privileged that my parents are taking care of me. Yeah. You also said <laughs> you're not even buying that year much. Old. Yeah, that too. Like, I mean, that's me also. <laughs> I think the thing is like the reason why I'm not buying much is because like, I'm, not, I'm not doing much at all. Yeah. So I don't have a yeah. reason to buy anything. But that's going to obviously change, like, you know, when things open up again and all that. So I think like when I start to, you know, go out and see people and all that, I'm going to have to reevaluate a lot of my spendings and I'll probably be checking meant a lot more mm-hmm. yeah I also like Brit um tracked have been tracking my spendings manually for a while and mm-hmm. yeah before I was like creating a budget but never really told myself like okay you have to stick to this it was more just to see kind of mm-hmm. where I spend things so I feel like over time it shifted into more of like a tracker than like a budgeter mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. But I love, like, looking at data. So it's always interesting to see, like, how things have changed, like, year over year, month over month, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then also comparing the different categories. But even when I did live away from home, because it was for such a short period, in these places that I was at, I was, like, trying to maximize my time there, like, attend all Mm -hmm. these different events and really explore the area. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. even though I did have a better sense of budgeting then because all the expenses I was paying for on my own – Definitely, like, my budget was skewed <laughs> quite often just because I was yeah. trying to make the most of my time there. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. the other things that, like, we're all, like, very – I'll say I'll say young. We're young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're at, like, early stages in our life where a lot of things do change, so it's hard to predict. And I do wonder if, like, as you grow older, does that become more stable? Um, mm-hmm. I, like. I don't know, like, if you have kids, do you then have to, like, become very strict about your budgeting because you have other people to take care of and, like, the whole household to take care of? Wouldn't know. Don't even want to I feel like you'd be even more flexible <laughs> yeah. just because, like, you might just have a 
random giant expense from something. Yeah, like what if, I don't know, what if like you need to buy school supplies or something? Mm -hmm. Recently, um, as of a few months ago, I started using an app called Personal Capital, which I highly recommend because it connects to like all of your different credit cards, connects to any loans you have, whether that be like student loans, car Mm -hmm. payments, house loans, literally anything. Um, Mm. Connects to like any stocks or retirement you have, any like even like cryptocurrency that you might have. So I've really enjoyed using that because it breaks it down in every different level. And then every day Mm. they send me an email saying like, here's the changes in your account. And it says like, okay, yesterday you spent this money at this place. And also shows if you do have any stocks, like how um, your individual stocks have been impacted and shows like the percentages. They send you that daily? Yeah. So I found it to be super helpful. Mm. <laughs> Emily's like stressed. <laughs> so I highly recommend it. <laughs> no. <laughs> why would you say that? I think, I think okay, the reason why I, I maybe did look stressed is because I think I think I would obsess over stocks. Like if it dipped, I'd be like, I'd panic, you know, a little bit. Which uh-huh. I know is like natural and normal. Yeah. But I think I think for me, like if I saw a daily email, I don't know if I would actually read it. <laughs> well, you could delete it. Me. You don't have to read them all the time. That's me. Yeah. But I'd be curious. So I like look and then I yeah. see the number and I like, ah. And then I <laughs> a lot of me and my relationship with finance is apparently a lot of sound effects. That's my relationship. <laughs> 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 ah. It yeah. was just for me, like seeing it all in one place was especially helpful because I do have a lot of student mm-hmm. loans. So being able to see mm-hmm. like, okay, at this point, like now I could pay off all my student loans or I can't and to kind of see the contrast has been helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've liked it for that reason. Mm-hmm. So Kimmy, you kind of talked a little bit about, you mentioned this earlier where um, you said like the people that you learned your finances from were like your brother um your your partner and your partner's mom so I guess like how has money played a role in your relationships Mm -hmm. yeah um with Eric in particular like I mean we talked about this a lot in episode I think three part two where we talked about like gender roles and who should pay on the first date and stuff like that so Throughout all of our relationship, we've gone 50-50 on everything. So I feel like that was probably the first conversation on money was like, who's paying for what? Mm. Um, mm. But now how now as we've like talked about our relationship more and are like preparing to move in together, um, we've also had to consider like what's equitable. If someone's making more money, mm. if they should be paying more um, and like how that contributes to rent or just like the household expenses. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like we talk about it pretty freely and anytime like some, I mean, we talk a lot and I tell him everything. So like <laughs> literally if I buy something, I'm like, oh, I just bought this. Or if something like major <laughs> money wise happens in my life, um, like at this point, I'm close-ish on like one of my money goals. So I told him about, mm. about that as well. Mm. So I feel like just because I am pretty open with it, like he is as well. Mm. What about you, Britt? Um, I think since uh, living with my boyfriend, we've definitely talked about money bef- more so than we did in our past. Mm. Like before, it used to be like, oh, whoever was visiting 
the person who flew would pay for their own ticket, but then the person, like, while they were there, the other person would pay for all the expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of our system. But now since, like, living together and also since he makes way more money than I do, I think I've become a lot more comfortable with being like, okay, he can just, like, pay for more things or, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like, I'm definitely, I don't know. I feel like I don't have a problem with it just because obviously he just makes so much more money than me right so he'll like Uh pay for more things um Mm -hmm. and um yeah I don't think gender roles necessarily play a role in that it's strictly just a fact of like figures and how much I'm actually able to contribute so Mm -hmm. um yeah it's definitely been helpful to be more open about talking about uh, what like how much we each other make and like what we're actually capable of spending mm-hmm. like can you mentioned we did talk about this in a previous episode but I think a lot of it is like when I, I start dating again and um a lot of that is gonna be like trying to figure out who pays for what and like I'm personally mm-hmm. okay with like paying for things just because I know that I have a stable job mm-hmm. and obviously it would depend on like who I'm on a date with and what their situation is mm-hmm. but I don't know. I feel like it'd be really interesting to see how how the person I'm on a date with would respond. I feel like that that'd be mm. it might also be kind of telling of like their character. Cause I think I feel like like Brittany, you were saying a lot of it is like finding out or like getting a balance. And it's not even like a 50-50 balance, but like who who can actually, you know, mm-hmm. pay for these things comfortably and not worry about their finances as much as like the other person. Mm-hmm. I think like that should be factored in as well and I think a lot of the pressure that people see about guys paying is just like the way that society has kind of made them think like okay you have to do this because you're the guy or like mm-hmm. as the girl you have to allow them to do this and it's I feel like that's mm-hmm. not always the case and obviously like some people mm-hmm. are totally okay with that that's fine but mm-hmm. you know it'll be interesting so Kimmy and Annalise as um the more experienced um out of the three of us when it comes to personal finances do you have any things you'd like to share that you wish you knew before starting and maybe some helpful money tips that's a really good question I feel like there are so many things but um, one of the things I wasn't super familiar going into the workforce was like retirement that was something that Mm -hmm. I never discussed with other people or my family um Mm -hmm. But essentially, when you're at a company, for example, I was interning at a company and their role was like after three months, you're eligible to contribute some of your money to retirement. So I was like, oh, this is cool. This is perfect. I'm living at home. I could contribute a majority of it to retirement. And I ended up doing that. Um, and And in some instances, like it's completely up to you. But if you ever leave a company and your new company has a new, um, what is it called? When you leave a company and then if you move to new one and they use a different service for their 401k plans, you have the option to roll over your retirement money into like the new account. And that was something I'd wanted to do. And the process was just so tedious and long. Um, So my tip there is like, don't be like scared in general when you think about money or like, are trying to learn more information. Like it literally took me 
probably 10 different phone calls with both companies being like, I need to roll over my money. I'm not even joking. Like, here, how do I do the process? Wait, and, I have a yeah, question. Why did ahead. you decide to roll it over? Like, can you not just keep mm-hmm. it in that other account yeah. and just use that? Was the other one just better? You can keep it in one account and like two separate accounts. I just didn't want to have that because I feel like that's just harder to manage down the line. Oh. Yeah, and I just like, first of all, the amount of money that I had in that former account was kind of small. And mm. I knew the amount of money I was going to have in this account because now I'm getting paid mm. salary would be a lot larger. Mm. And the account I'm using now is a lot more popular. It's Fidelity. Oh, got it. Okay, okay. So oh, I was like, okay, this okay, just okay. makes sense on so many levels. Um, right, okay. But yeah, it took a lot of customer support phone calls, which was frustrating. But I mean, it worked out in the end. But I just feel like mm. you have to persevere. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I guess that's more of a story than a tip. But my tip is just like, <laughs> learn more, <laughs> learn more. And like, cust- I always call customer support, no matter what, call customer support. <laughs> hmm. You're saying I never call customer support. If I can do it online, I'll do it online. I used to not, <laughs> I used me. to not. But then at my previous job, I would literally have to call all the time for like different services mm. we used. And that was the only way to do it. So now I do it all the time. Right, right. Oh, interesting. Oh man, if I had a tip, I don't know. I feel like a lot of it is like, there are so, so many things that we don't get taught as about growing up with finances that I think, especially in school, like, I don't know why schools don't do this. I, I feel like they should have a course on like, you know, what you should do with money when you first graduate or something like that. Um, just because I think it is really important, but, um, I just remember like when I first got my job having to go through all the benefits and figuring out like how much more money I want to put into my insurance, which plan I want. And then mm-hmm. like all those things, a lot of it was like a lot of phone calls with my dad and trying to figure that out. Um, also like mm-hmm. same with Kimmy, like retirement plan, like how much I want to put. The one tip I can give is if your company does a match program, max it out. Like if they, basically what that means is if you put in a certain amount, your company will match that. So you'll kind of get, I think like what, double or whatever that percentage is Mm -hmm. so that you'll just basically be putting more into your finances your um, retirement fund so if you can max out on that percentage so that way you're it's like free money essentially for your retirement fund in the future and so you would want to at least max out on that anything you 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 could put in more than what however percentage your company will match you for but anything above that is just like they're not going to match. So you can do that if you want, or you can just keep it as like whatever percentage your company will max match you for. So definitely mm. do that. That's like the one tip that I can I can give. I think. Mm. So as someone who doesn't have a four hundred one k because I don't work a job, yeah, or salary job, mm-hmm. but like you can still set the, up, yeah, you can still set up a some kind of retirement fund without. As a, like a company that matches or does or has a program you would just have to do it personally oh exactly because no one knows that you can like yeah. set up it's called a Roth account a Roth IRA and you can set one up on your own and it's good to Wait, set I thought it up. that's different from a 401k so I think they're oh my god Kimmy and I had this long conversation about this yeah. is it something too. about like taxable something so so yeah. that's different there's a Roth and then there's pre-Roth I mean pre-tax so, so those are two separate things too. So you have a Roth 401, but then there's the pre-tax 401, but then you also have the Roth IRA and then the pre-tax IRA. So there's four, essentially, I guess, like four different things. Is that right, Kimmy? Mm-hmm. But 401k, like 401k employers accounts are only eligible 
if you work for a company that offers it. Yeah. So the I main difference like, is usually better than like independent. If you ever, if I were to get one right now. Yeah, because at like um like the government basically says for a four hundred one k, you can only contribute um nineteen thousand five hundred for the whole year, versus a Roth account that you set up personally on your own. You can only contribute five thousand for the whole year, and there's limitations on to who can set up a Roth account. It's like you have to make under a certain amount of money to set one up. Mm-hmm. So that's why people say when you're young, because you aren't making that much money, you should set it up because um, you aren't going to be able to do it. Like, I don't know, once you make more money. Yeah, there's like a certain uh. salary cutoff or something. But the th- I think the thing that you're talking about is Roth versus pre-tax. So one of them basically is when you put money in, you do not pay tax so that when you take the money out later on to use, you have to pay tax then versus mm. the other one which is where you pay for tax and then you put it in so when you take it out and use it you can just use it um the thing with that and i talked to my dad about this like obviously people do it differently but you kind of want to think like how much is the tax now and the thing is like in the future you don't know what the tax is going to be so like if the tax is higher you're going to be paying more tax but if the tax is lower then you're going to be paying less tax for when you when you take it out in the future mm. so like what's it so you're saying or, okay, I guess my question was like, what's the difference between just having a normal savings account versus like the ones you're talking about? The retirement. So the retirements yeah. are basically money that you cannot touch until you reach a certain age. And then that's just like yours forever. So people will basically, uh, as they're making money, they'll put some money in a little bit each month or something. So that when they retire and they don't have like a job or whatever, they can still use that money. Like they'll just have all this money saved up for them to use in the future versus a savings, which is like you kind of, it's just a savings. I'm pretty sure though with Roth IRAs, people don't know this, but I'm pretty sure you can take out money. It just with the 401k that you have to pay, you you have to, but with that, do you have to pay a certain money to take it out? Mm. Um, I'm just reading this on CNN. (laughs) You have to be careful with how much money you can withdraw or you may get stuck with a penalty. So it depends, I guess. Yeah. Basically, we're not experts. So obviously do your own research. But these are just things that we've experienced personally. But obviously, of course, like consult with experts on this. Do your research. But um, yeah, retirement funds or whatever accounts are not things that people usually talk about until you start making money. But that yeah. said, like you can definitely have an account before you have a job, like a, a, a company, a job where the company will match you. Yeah, that's if, why I never thought I could get one because I was like, oh, I don't, I'm not working a salary job. But good to know. Yeah, you can, you can definitely make one for like a personal one. And then, and then if you get like a job that will match or whatever, then I think you can transfer. Move it. Move it. Can you move mm, IRAs no. to 401k? It stays in that account. Okay, but you'll still have. But then you'll still have that for the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good to know. The more you know. <laughs> yeah. So we kind of touched a lot on different topics, and obviously a lot of the things that we talked about, we just kind of scratched the surface on. So if you have anything that you want us to kind of dive deeper into. Let us know. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk about it from our personal experience. If not, you know, um, Kimmy did mention some personal um, accounts that she follows, so she can also link that. She'll also link that as well um, on our show notes. 
But thank you all for listening. You can follow us at Adulthood Pending Podcast on Instagram. And you can also leave us you can also leave us an email at hello.adulthoodpendingpodcast at gmail.com for topic suggestions or questions or anything. And join us every other Monday for new episodes. We can't wait to share our stories and are excited you're with us on our adulthood journey. Bye. Bye. <laughs>